1: Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 57 of Laces Out. You could choose anybody, but you chose to ride with us, and we can't thank you enough Jared, my friend, I told you I was going to change it up. I told you I was going to introduce it. How did I do? Ten out of ten.
1: Yeah, no, that was solid. Good, I appreciate Good, I'm it. Yeah, very. How much. you
2: doing, my friend? We are three days away from the first round. It's.
1: It, it feels like it's. Every day we're just finding new things to talk about. Obviously, today was the the Kosh Anaheim presser, which we'll get into later on. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I just wanted to get here. You know, we're yes. Uh, almost two days away now it's it's getting there so the um, the reason
2: the reason why new things keep coming out is because we have nothing to talk about so we just a lot of times people just make up things and they throw out smoke screens just to see how far it can travel and some people just take it and run and that's the that's the beauty of uh of draft season my friend
1: yeah and um you know like i said we're gonna get into this whole kyle shanahan presser today um but uh no we got to a stacked show this is the final show before the draft uh we got Chrissy Freud coming in at about 10 minutes uh Nick Farbaugh around 9.05 and then at 9 30 we got Javi Vega coming in to talk 49ers so it's going to be a fun show cannot wait me and Chrissy are going to drool over Zach Wilson together it's going to be fantastic (laughs) so but no man um we can uh you might as well just address the elephant in the room with the Kyle Shanahan thing
2: because (laughs) please please let's 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 dive right in.
1: I don't know I really don't know where to start. <laughs> because I've been so adamant for the past month and a half that Justin Fields is going to be the pick. And yep. I still don't think it's going to be Mac Jones. But
2: still, you still don't.
1: I think it's going to be if it's going to be one of those two, it's going to be Lance. It's got to be, right? Okay. It's but
2: mm-hmm. see, I I try not to. I really really try not to buy into all the rumors completely because Teams are throwing out smoke screens. They, the, the 49ers don't want teams to know what they're going to do. That's that's just what it comes down to. And, you know, are is Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers going to tease out something like that? I doubt it. If it was totally true, are, are they really going to tease out? Yeah, Lance. Lance I mean, even, even a team like the Jets, we all know they're going Zach Wilson, but the Jets haven't said anything about, you know, even hinting at the fact that they're going to take Wilson. Teams aren't really releasing this kind of information, so do we know that
1: though because here's the thing I think it's going to be Wilson too for the Jets but Joe Douglas has been so satirical with all this you remember a few weeks ago when they're talking about you know the draft and whatnot was like oh everybody already knows what we're doing why do we even need to talk about it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what if this is all just a giant ploy what if San Francisco knows something that we don't what if what if the Jets are going to take Justin Fields Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan we always know the connections there what if they've had conversations saying Look man, I'm probably going to go fields at 2. So just you might want to look <laughs> at it. You, could you could
2: you imagine? I mean that, that, w- that that's w- the
1: only thing that makes any reasonable amount of sense to me why Justin Fields wouldn't be somebody that they're highly considering because they know he won't be there.
2: But <laughs> I, at the I same just, time, why would yeah. Zach
1: Wilson be in that I don't I, know.
2: Know. I don't I, know. It, I just cannot wrap my head around the fact that the 49ers want to upgrade Jimmy Garoppolo with Mac Jones. It seems like a lateral. It seems just like not even a forward pass whatsoever. I mean, it
1: feels like the uh, the, the the Music City Miracle throw. Is that <clears> what we're
2: <throat> sorry? Don't go there. Don't go there. But Mac Jones, I I think he could be a good quarterback. I, I know you're not you're not super high on him. I know you're rooting for him. Obviously, we're rooting for everybody here. But yeah. I think he could be a good quarterback. I. I I can't see how he's worth the the third overall pick. You trade up all those pieces to get up to number three. And the other thing, too, it seems like they came into this this trade. They, they, they went into the third pick without actually having a plan. That just kind of mind boggles me because, yeah, you don't know what the first two picks are going to be exactly. But if you're going to trade up that much, aren't you just having something set in stone almost if you're going to move that much?
1: That's the thing. I think a lot of this is smoke and mirrors where they've known all along who they've wanted. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard for me to believe that it would be Mac Jones because they could have just stayed put at 12 and got him there. Yeah. Now, I believe if, if I'm not wrong, they uh, they made the trade up to three before Carolina traded Sam Darnold. So yes. mm-hmm. maybe they were wondering about that. Maybe they were. Let's say that Mac Jones and- is the pick. They could have mm-hmm. been worried about Carolina at eight uh, taking him, which is a, definitely a possibility.
2: and so- they they might even they might even know some rumors that we don't about a team sitting, a team like Washington, a team like New England, a team like even Chicago that was thinking about or has had dialogue with a team like Carolina to trade up to eight and take Mac Jones. They might have known that, and we don't know that. We might never know that. but oh, man, I hope that's the case if if you're going Mac Jones because. If this doesn't pan out, and even if they do hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo, those those could just be two quarterbacks on your roster that aren't looking anything nice for you. And that's a tough division. You can win games. I mean, you can win the division with Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw that, and he's got all his pieces coming back. Yes, yes, yes. But I just think that the offense would be much more dynamic with a guy like Justin Fields. Or even a young, raw piece like Trey Lance?
1: There's a difference between a quarterback you can win games with and a quarterback you can win championships with. And Mm -hmm. I think we've seen the peak of Jimmy Garoppolo, where sure Mm -hmm. they got there, but it sure as hell wasn't off the strength of his arm. Right. It was off the defense in the run game. Eight passes mm-hmm. in the NFC Championship game. That's all That's all I'm yes. ever going to come back to. And people yeah. always want to come in the match and say, is that the only argument I got? It's the only argument I need.
2: <laughs> that's a big argument. And you look you, at, you need to throw the ball eight times to go to the Super Bowl? It, yeah, and you look at ahead.
1: what how Kyle Shanahan played the rest of the game in the divisional round following the, following the interception against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I don't think he threw it more than five times the rest of the game. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah. About yeah, exactly what he about how he feels about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I just now, don't understand why. And I've said this a trillion times on the show, and people are probably getting tired of hearing it. I just don't get why, if he wanted an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, why would he draft a guy who everybody says is so similar to Jimmy Garoppolo and Mac yep. Jones? It just doesn't add up, doesn't make sense at all. I just feel and like you said, this is a very lateral move.
2: Now, now what does Mac Jones have? that a guy like Justin Fields or a guy like Trey Lance could have. Um, you know, everybody says that Mac Jones is the safe pick. Mac Jones is a, a – he can come in, he can win games, he'll, he'll be the safe pick. I don't know any safe pick. I don't know if there's ever been a safe pick in NFL history. Even, you know, last year, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, they weren't safe picks. No no pick is safe. We, we don't know anything. So, all I'm saying is I would rather take the risk – to have a player like Trey Lance or a player like Justin Fields that has the big boom, the big boom potential to take a guy that's the safe pick that could just be average or, or good at best. What is, what does Mac Jones have that, that, that Trey Lance doesn't have? What does Mac Jones have that, that Justin Fields doesn't have? Maybe he's a, uh, you know, a dad more accurate. You know, he's got the dad bod that this is true. This is true. I've never seen, I haven't seen Trey Lance or Justin Fields without a shirt on, but I can I can imagine that you know they got some muscle on them and I don't mm-hmm. see that too much with Mac Jones but uh other than that I don't know what he has you know he has a lot of average a lot of good traits but I don't think he could ever maybe maybe I'll look like an idiot in 5 years I don't know if he could have that elite quarterback potential
1: I don't look I've said multiple times that um when it comes down to him I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he's still available, let's say that he's not the pick at three. If maybe a team like new Orleans trades up because I feel like he could fit in well with that system, just because they can just turn him into what they did with Drew Brees, a simple three-step quarterback. Yep. It doesn't have to do anything dynamic. Um, but we'll address this in a minute because thank the Lord, Chrissy Freud is here mm-hmm. start talking about <laughs> Mac Jones for a minute. What's up, okay. We get
2: what's going on. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Laces Out.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just got back from a press conference. Or like
2: it in the, okay, the right LSU now. one.
3: Yeah. Nah, with the Mopi.
1: Yeah, no, I saw a few highlights from that and it looked pretty just taking off the mask and throwing it away. Like, <laughs> like she just got done doing a surgery in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, I mean, the big news of the day was the whole presser with Kyle Shanahan, John Lich talking about everything going on with the number three pick. Um like, I know your thoughts on Mac Jones, but for those who don't, maybe you can weigh in on this a little bit because it seems more and more by the day that he is the the betting favorite to be the number three overall pick.
3: Yeah. I think that we're kind of in a place right now where there are a lot of people that have kind of decided that a quarterback needs to have a certain amount of mobility to succeed. And quite frankly, I disagree. Um, I've always been a very big advocate of the pure pocket passer and I mean, when you look at guys like Joe Burrow, there's a lot of people that want to praise his ability to be tough, uh, to make those runs and he's not afraid to get hit. But the biggest thing about Joe Burrow has always been uh, his high level of mental processing. And Mm -hmm. that's something that you either have or that you don't. And Mac Jones has that. And so I think as the quarterback, your job first and foremost is to be able to throw the ball and to be able to make good decisions and that's something that Mac Jones can do. Yes, he's going to need an offensive line. Yes, he's going to need a supporting cast. But in my mind, if your quarterback has to run all the time, if you're running a bunch of design quarterback runs, it's because your supporting cast is inadequate. There's really not much of another explanation. Like you wouldn't be doing that unless you had to all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, San Francisco's got a good, good supporting cast, like you said. I mean, they'll have everybody coming back on defense. They got some good weapons there and obviously the great run game and offensive line. But Jerry and I were just talking about before you hopped on with us, you know, debating the idea of Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields in there at number 3. And I you know, I brought up the question, what does Mac Jones have? What what finds him so attractive to Kyle Shanahan? What does he have that a guy like Justin Fields or a guy like Trey Lance doesn't have? Because I was saying before you came on, I would much rather take the chance with with the the high boom possible elite talent and a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields rather than the safe pick in Mac Jones.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think when you look ceiling wise that somebody like Trey Lance is really intriguing. I think that Justin Fields for the most part has the best of both worlds as a passer and as an athlete, but I mean, I can't speak for Kyle Shanahan, but if he does decide to go with Mac Jones, perhaps it's because he thinks that he's at least by a hair smarter than the other two that's the only thing I could think of personally -hmm.
1: all right enough about Mac Jones let's talk about Zach Wilson because (laughs) I know that you and I both love him to death Chrissy I think you had him as your number one quarterback in this class if I'm not mistaken so uh let's uh let's dive into some Zach Wilson because he's incredibly fun to watch we know that I think in terms of uh, the ability to improv and make plays where maybe they weren't there originally uh he's second to none in this class so Take us through a little bit about what you like about Zach Wilson and why you have him above Trevor Lawrence, which obviously, you know, is going a little bit against the grain.
3: Yeah, I think that I was the first person to do that. So I got a lot of backlash over it (laughs) about two days later.
1: Freud for that.
3: (laughs) About two days later, there were a bunch of people within the league and analysts just in general that seemed to be more okay with having Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence. Then it became uh, not definitely not popular opinion, but more of an accepted opinion. Like you said, he does have the ability to go off script. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, the mental processing is there. And the thing that showed that the most for me is when I talked to his dad, he told me he was like, well, whenever he was like seven or eight years old, he could go down the basement and watch his YouTube videos on basketball dunks, and he could literally replicate everything that he saw with his body. And... You see these comparisons between Zach Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, guys like that in different aspects and different contexts. And to me, if you have a quarterback or a player at all who can pluck things that he likes from certain players and literally do it uh, on his own physically, and it shows up in the tape to the point that people are making comparisons, I can't say that I've ever found another player that's quite like that. And if you have a quarterback that can do that, then he can really do anything. And mm-hmm. to me, like the the sky is the absolute limit.
2: Now, does it? I'll, I'll ask both of you this, but because I know you guys are both obsessed with with your Zach Wilson highlights and his uh, his potential here, does it worry either you the situation that you know? Let, let's say I think we can all agree he's going number two to the Jets. Does it worry you the situation he's coming into New York with? Because yes, Adam Gase is out the door. But it seems to me like a similar situation like Sam Darnold. You know, he has Corey Davis. They have, um, uh, you know, some decent pieces that they can build around. But there's really no run game. And we have the whole draft coming up here. They can get some nice players. They can fix the offensive line. But it doesn't seem like he's coming into a great situation to flourish right away. Are are you saying he's going to be, you know, the type of prospect that can put the team on his back and, and carry the load and make these you know, C plus B minus guys look good? Or is he going to struggle a little bit starting off here? Chrissy, I'll start with you.
3: Well, I mean, I think with any any quarterback, any prospect coming into a situation uh, going on to the NFL, that the supporting cast does mean a lot because it's a very tough transition. You can't expect regardless of how good they are uh, for one player to do it all. But if he's Anything like I think he is, just the same way that I thought Joe Burrow to be, I think that he'll accomplish a lot and that he'll elevate that team over the course of a few years or so. And that's the thing is that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback prospect I've ever evaluated in my life. But he did have some struggles in Cincinnati that were not really his own. They were the fault of others that were on the offensive line within the supporting cast. Uh, But he has enough to elevate that team over time. And so that player, in a singular sense, can be very good and can bring a lot to an offense and can bring a lot to a team. But at the same time, it's not – regardless of how good they are, one player is not going to elevate a team to win the Super Bowl overnight in one season. It will never happen.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then – I think a lot, I mean, going back to what you said about Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I think there's going to be a lot of notes taken by Robert Sala and the Jets front office where they see, all right, they had this phenomenal prospect, but nobody to protect them. They got Makai Becton on the left side, but the rest of the offensive line, I mean, they kind of need a facelift. So I think that, you know, Joe Douglas was in Philadelphia's front office when they won the Super Bowl, and what did they have? They had a great defense, great offensive line. I think that he's going to try to replicate some of that with the Jets. So whether it be in the second round or with the second First round pick that they have, whether they go with a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker or if they want to get a guy like Dylan uh, Dylan Redunds from North Dakota State to put on the other side of Beckton, you know, I think that that's the route that they're, they're going to go. I mean, they, they got Denzel Mims last year. They brought in Corey Davis. Jameson Crowder's still there. So it's not like they don't have, you know, solid weapons now. They could probably still use a little bit of an upgrade on the outside. They need to get a running back as well. There's a lot of work to be done still in New York. Nobody's questioning that. But with the draft capital that they have i think that they're going to be able to address a lot of that um but zach wilson will make them better than a 2 and 14 team you know it'll be a gradual process i think um but if he can get them if they want if they draft well get them some protection and you know another running back a little bit of defensive help throughout the draft there's no reason why they can't be you know anywhere from a six to seven win team uh this coming year so And regardless of that, it's going to be incredibly fun to watch him. I can't wait to see him. One, because he's going to look fantastic in that jersey and those nice (laughs) Green Jet jerseys, and I'm very excited to see it. Um, But, no, I think that as long as they realize what they need to do and kind of take a note from Cincinnati to give him some help rather than have him get hurt first and then address that problem, then, yeah, I think he'll be fine, and it'll be something that improves every year. But um, let's talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence because I feel like people are trying to nitpick at him a little bit. I mean, he's been on top of the world for so long now. Um, Chrissy, I know that he's your number two. Tell us about what you like about Trevor Lawrence and maybe why you like Zach Wilson a little bit better than him.
3: Yeah, it kind of becomes like that whenever you get close to the draft and whenever the guy's kind of the general consensus. Number one, I watched it happen with Joe Burrow last year, and quite frankly, a lot of the A lot of the national media stuff that I saw about Joe Burrow was kind of a bogus. I could talk about that with you for hours. Um, The things that I like about Trevor Lawrence, physically speaking, uh, somebody else said this and I agree with it. He looks like he was built in the quarterback lab. Um, His mobility is something that I didn't have enough appreciation for until I witnessed it in person in the national championship. So outside of him getting locked on one read from time to time, which doesn't seem to affect him all that much. Uh, there's not much to knock him for. And as I said, whenever I first did my rankings, people took it when I put Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence as if I had Zach Wilson miles ahead of Trevor Lawrence. That's not the case. It was literally uh, by a hair, but it comes down to that ability uh, to mimic that Zach has that I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen it from any other player. And just, I think that he has a slightly better level of mental processing Uh, and he performed very well with a lower-level supporting cast. A lot of people want to make the competition argument, but it goes both ways whenever you look at the supporting cast. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had a much, much better supporting cast at Clemson than Zach Wilson ever did, and quite frankly, like, a lot of times, Zach Wilson found himself in situations in which he was throwing the ball down the sideline into tight windows, which is something that is hard for any quarterback to do, and he did it well on a consistent basis. So I think that I just – have a gut feeling that Zach Wilson has a better long-term future over Trevor Lawrence. And that's just, it boils down to something as simple as that it's not to put one quarterback prospect over another is not to imply that one is way, way better than another. This is a very deep quarterback class to me. I think there's a lot of very competent backups guys that could even come in and surprise us as a starter Uh, later down the line that are lower level on the list. So I think that a lot of this is a lot closer than people seem to think that it is. And it just kind of comes down to that.
2: Yeah, and you bring up a good point with the uh, the supporting cast, and I, I see a lot of a lot of arguments to that point for Mac Jones, and you know the the wide receivers that he had, and, and Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, Najee Harris in his backfield, good offensive line. I he, I mean, there's no denying the talent that Alabama has had throughout the years during Mac's time with Alabama. What do you say? I mean, do you put too much value into that saying that you know he's getting all this hype? And he, he may be a good quarterback, but he may be you know a little bit overrated due to the talent that he had around him. Do you put much stock into that?
3: Well, to that, I simply have to say, why in the hell did he do so well at the Senior Bowl? <laughs> he was far and away True. the best quarterback at the Senior Bowl, and it was really, most days, not even close. And mm-hmm. those guys came from all around. I had a conversation with Mac after uh, that day three performance. Uh, It may have been day two, actually. But one thing that he told me is that he felt like he had really proven one thing that he had come there to prove is that he could play with anyone, that he could have fun with it, that he could do a good job with it. And there was when I was there the whole time, there was no questioning that people thought that Mac Jones is the best quarterback there. And those guys are from all over the place. So like I said, I think it comes down to what he can do mentally and he can do with anybody.
1: And now you mentioned a little bit ago that there could be some mid-level guys that surprise some people. Is there anybody that you have particularly in mind that could go in these mid rounds that could uh, maybe emerge as a solid backup, you know, mid mid-range starter or anything like that?
3: Yeah, I see a lot of Trace McSorley and Ian Book. I think if he lands in a system like Russell Wilson, that he could take it much farther than that. I thought that his performance on the, on the last day of practice, uh, he was one of the most accurate passers there probably vying for like the number one spot in that category. And also he showed that he could not only evade pressure, but that he could find running lanes and that he could use that nimbleness and athleticism as to be a playmaker. And so I think that Ian book is kind of somebody that always got knocked for inconsistency, but he showed that he had the ability to be consistent uh, with all those different guys around him. And he showed that he could take that mobility to the next level. And to me, that did enough for me. And I think that he was definitely a smaller guy there, but we get so caught up in like how tall and how big these guys are, but some of them it doesn't affect and it didn't seem to affect him for me. And the other guy I've been watching a lot as far as later round guys go is KJ Costello. And I think that he was thrust into a very bad situation at Mississippi State because I am the air raid offense. I'm literally certified and I am in the database to coach it. And uh, it's based on repetition. It's based on execution. And whenever you have the COVID off season, you're not getting a whole lot of repetition execution in there. And then you have one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team, the SEC, transitioning from a power running game all the way over to this. And so you're up against eight ball as soon as you go into the season. And he showed that he could adapt to the system all the way from the West Coast, which is a total 180 in itself just for him personally. Uh, And I think the reason why it kind of took a fall uh, down after the LSU game is just because people found ways to defend it. And it wasn't the thing about the air raid is that there's always somebody open if they can execute if they can release in time all that jazz and you don't have all that whenever you don't have the off season to prepare and then he had i want to say four weeks off due to COVID exposure and a concussion so we're actually looking at a very small sample size of game so to take a quarterback that was pinned to the first and second round over like five ish bad performances that can be pinned on a lot of other people is just crazy to me. I mean, he was like the best quarterback in the Pac-12, I want to say, in 2018. And so we've seen his ceiling. We've seen what he can do. And it's just honestly sad to me to see what's happened to him just in this one season. And the thing, too, I mean, he he stuck it out. He could have opted out. If it were me, I would have opted out after (laughs) after passing for 623 yards. Goodbye. It's perfectly acceptable in today's world. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really I. The thing about those late round guys though is you never know if they're gonna really get a proper look in the NFL or if they're gonna get the proper opportunity in the NFL. But I think that if right. he does, he could really run with it a lot more than people think he can.
2: All right, you heard it here on Laces Out. But uh before we let you go, I got one more thing for you. One of my personal favorite quarterbacks is Trey Lance in this draft. Maybe it's because he gets the Josh Allen treatment, and you know I'm a big Bills guy. So, but I want I want to ask you maybe your you're you're perfect, you're your match made in heaven fit for Trey Lance because you know he he is arguably the rawest quarterback in these, you know, top five guys. So where would he go and maybe flourish the most for you?
3: Uh, I mean, I've heard about him going to the 49ers. I've heard about him going to a bunch of different places. So I can't say that I really have the perfect fit in mind for him, but I think that he has one of the highest ceilings in this draft if if he is what, what, I mean, we think that he can be because Mm -hmm. he has one of the best touchdown interception ratios in history. I've seen him dog for his accuracy a little bit before, but if you look at the film, there's a lot more to blame outside of him and, his high school coach told me that he has the linebacker mentality. Um, But the thing is about him is that he's told me and other people have told me too, is, I mean, he knows when to get down and when to run. So I think that you have a lot of really good, really rare uh, physical traits and a very good mindset. So yeah, he didn't play a lot of games, but if he does reach a ceiling that a lot of people think that he can, then he could prove to be one of the better in this class for sure.
1: All right. Chrissy Ford, you can check her stuff out. Draft Network, Pro Football Network, USA Today. Am I forgetting anything? No, I don't think so. All right. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the week. And here's to the Mormon Piss Missile. Zach Wilson going number two overall. All
3: right. Thank you. All right. Thanks,
2: Chrissy. Chrissy You just, you love that guy. I I, For your sake, well, I don't know. For your sake, I, I, you know, I hope he's well, I, I do. I hope he turns out great, but just not for the Jets. I hope he you know, maybe has a maybe he'll have a rough couple of years, go somewhere else, and just turn to a Hall of Fame player as long as he doesn't have to play my Buffalo Bills twice a year. Um,
1: it seems like he's gonna have to.
2: I know, I know, but it's okay because you know Trey White, he'll have to face Trey White twice a year, and, and Jordan Poyer twice a year, and Micah Hyde twice a year, and he'll have to see Josh Allen on the other side of the field just lighting up his defense. So that is that's fine with me. It's okay, I'll let it happen.
1: I am excited though, just because. I do think, I mean, I did a Jets mock draft for fan-sided, and um, I hope that they don't do what I would do if I was them, which is is take Zach Wilson, obviously, but then at 23, if Travis Etienne's on the board, take him too, because God knows that they need a back. And yeah, but God
2: with, knows they need offensive line. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that,
1: though, is that it's an extremely deep tackle class. It player, is, it and is. they pick and they pick again. Like I think it's ten picks after the twenty third mm-hmm. pick, or nine picks after. So they're gonna be able to have access to a lot of really good tackles still, who in any other class would be first round picks. So this is true. So I do think that that they have the advantage of that. And um, oh man, if they go <laughs> Wilson, Etn, and then get a guy like. Dylan Redunds from North Dakota State and put him on the right side. That's a great haul in it the first three picks, and they still have a boatload of picks after that. That would be that would be a lot of potential right there in terms of what they can do with that offense. Um, I would expect them to go maybe an interior lineman as well at some point in the draft because they yep. could use it. They need all the help that they can get up there. So that, that would be the best thing for me, in my opinion, for
2: them to do. And on. after last year's draft, you know, I, I came out of after the seventh round wrapped up. I was I said, you know what? Both Miami and New York both had pretty solid drafts, and I you know I was a little nervous. Um, obviously, didn't did not turn things around for the New York Jets as they finished worse off. But you know, I, I always say it. Everybody always says it. You know, you can have thirty picks each draft. You need to hit on those picks, and it's no guarantee. There's no guarantee on any pick, um, so it, it's it's not easy. You know, you can you can accumulate all the talent in the world, but if they don't work together well, if they if they don't pan out, you're back at square one. And you know, I, I hope for for Jets fans, I hope that they can turn it around because it has been ugly. Um, it has not been pretty even during the Rex Ryan years. It, it was not pretty with with uh, you know Mark Sanchez and all that jazz. But it's a new era here, and uh, you got. The Mormon piss missile coming in. Ideally, in a perfect world, he will he will turn things around for the uh, gangrene.
1: Exactly, but you know what? Enough about the New York Jets because it's time to talk about my Steelers with my buddy Nick Farb. <laughs> What's going on, mate? How are you?
4: I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be a Steelers talk, man. Steelers. <sighs> Jared, Jared you, loves the Steelers,
2: Steelers. talk. Yeah, it's okay. I'll, it. I'll, I'll I'll work through it. it. I'll be okay. Don't worry. The
4: Steelers this year are gonna be a wacky team man it's gonna be
1: it's gonna be the weirdest thing ever simply because i see a lot of last year's saints in this team where all right we got ben coming back and you know props to him for restructuring the deal in which he did not need to do whatsoever and that helped them a lot but that said you know all right we're you need a running back you need a left tackle you need a little bit of help on the interior now you need cornerback because you decided to release steven nelson because he whatever that situation is going on right now it's it's going to be weird personally in your opinion i mean we're seeing that you know it could come down to a guy like jeremiah Owosu koromoa at 24 it could be Najee harris travis Etienne. if you had to bet right now what you think they're going to do if all those guys are available what's the pick
4: naji Um, okay. It just like everything they look for in a player. He kind of checks like just the things like like Colbert mentioned today. They know the Alabama program really well. He fits a position in need Played at a power five school. They were at his pro day. He fits everything they look for in a running back. And I think he's going to be in terms of just best pure talent. I think Najee's going to be up there in terms of the BPA. And they talked about that. It's like wide open, right? And I think they're drafting Najee's high on their board, not because they like are like, oh, crap, we need a running back. Like, oh, we're panicking. I think it's because they think Najee's like a BPA. I, I do. Mm-hmm. And that's the vibe I'm getting from them, especially after that press conference. I think it's going to be Najee Harris. If he's there. Big if, though, still.
2: Najee Harris, to me, screams Steelers football. He just – he's seen – you know, I Travis Etienne, you can make the argument as, as RB1, but – Najee Harris just seems like that ground and pound. I will run you into the ground thirty times a game, and I think Mike Tomlin would love that. But the only thing is, they need they need offensive line. And Jerry, you and I were literally just talking about this two minutes ago about the Jets. Mm-hmm. They can get offensive line in the second round, and I think if a guy like Najee Harris is on the board, it would be I would be hard pressed to believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers would pass up on him. Um, you know, if you are going to win games next year you need to you need to get that run game going because we saw that they cannot really rely on the pass game. So um, I, I think, you know, it's got to be offense. Are you guys – I don't think they're going defense. Um, I would be a little surprised. Obviously, depending on how the board falls, we could see them maybe go secondary. Um, but, Nick, I'll ask you. I mean, if they were to go – you know, if Najee Harris isn't on the board, if they were to go defense, maybe a player or, or a position group maybe that they would focus on.
4: They really – they didn't sound convinced about the corner room. I will say Mm -hmm.
2: that.
4: Um, They basically said James Pierre played over Justin Lane because – not because really Pierre was better, because Lane was so bad. And that's something that didn't – that showed me, yeah, they don't really like the corner room. Um, So that could be something, I think. But linebacker is also there. Kevin Colbert, like, has a man crush on drafting linebackers. Mm. (laughs) Like there's no question whether they're outside or inside he's drafted linebackers. I think if they draft one, I think it'll be six out of the last nine years if they draft one this year in the round. um, So you that tells you that and I think JOK, if he's there is like perfect. Mm-hmm. Just kind of what they described, what they're looking for in a linebacker right now, high football intelligence, lateral ability, versatility, coverage ability. And that's like JOK to a T. So, yep. I think JOK is a possibility. Corner's tough because it's like, are they going to take corners? Is there going to be corner worth it there? But you know, Asante Samuel Jr. I think's a guy. Football bloodline's kind of what they look for. So corner or linebacker? Can't see them yeah. taking any other defensive spot.
1: I was just mm-hmm. about to say, you know, if they take an edge rusher there, I'm just not going to watch the rest of the game. I don't see that. <laughs> I can't <laughs> either. No. I really can't either. And I don't think the, the edge it. class
2: is not strong enough. I don't no. I don't think it's, it's not there's, strong there's, um, enough. Yeah. There's nobody that's going to fall where they're just going to be absolutely in love with that they need to do that
4: exactly. And I don't think there's a guy that's going to be a 24 that you could say is immediately going to start right. over
1: outside size. No. Mm-hmm. Now, and now the thing with the cornerback room, I mean, you just mentioned it the whole thing with Justin Lane going on right now. He was already kind of a question mark in the room. The thing with Steven Nelson that bogged my mind when it happened, and you know, I said, you know, if they're if they're going to release Steven Nelson. make room for juju then i'm going to be irate obviously a few more (laughs) details have come out about that in terms of it not being for juju and anything he uh reportedly was upset that cam sutton was going to compete for the outside spot whatever's going on with that either way steven nelson has gone and it's a problem because now the cornerback room is that much thinner um do you think that maybe you know if they can target a guy like maybe you know fatima la in the second round let's say that they do go running back first round what needs addressed next is it going to be a tackle is it going to be secondary what could, and what org do you think that they should address their their top needs right now?
4: So it's tough. Mm-hmm. Running back to me is like fourth, fifth biggest need. So you're essentially like, yeah, it's not a good room, but it's also like you can get productivity out of McFarland and Snell behind a really good O line still, mm-hmm. and like not die for it, right? Mm-hmm. But like if your coverage sucks, like if if the <laughs> Secondary just sucks because they we've don't have seen, a slot. And we've
1: point. seen that 2015 through, like, 2018. <laughs> we we saw
4: a good amount yeah. of that. So it's, like, at that point, I'm like, well, I really want three day two picks, but, like, I don't have that. And I would really – I can make an argument corners the top position to me. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think they have to get a center. Like, you can't start B.J. Finney. I'm sorry. Nope. You're going to get Ben killed. You're going to get Ben killed. <laughs> like, my <laughs> – if you take Najee Harrison round one, you have to double down on O-line. In me, mean, yep. in my opinion. I would go tackle, center, or center, tackle in that order. In whatever order. It because center, center feels like the only position to me that they can't they have to take in the first three rounds. Like they yeah. cannot leave day two without a center. Because that mm-hmm. center has to start. You cannot start JC Hass or BJ Finney. It's just not possible. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um and, and like you also want to tackle when you talked about that running game. If you want to win a flip if you want to win a Super Bowl with Ben this year, and this is probably Ben's last year, you have to have the good O line. Uh, you yep. just have to. So, running back, double down O line, and then you probably address edge linebacker and corner in some fashion. I don't think you can leave round four without a corner. Um, but I think you can be kind of liberal with that other pick. You can take a line linebacker, take a tight end, kind of whatever you feel like. Mm-hmm.
0: I, th-
1: I think the thing that before I let you go, Kurt. Um, the thing that they have to their advantage with corner, it's a very deep uh defensive back class this year as well. So they can mm-hmm. kind of, they can afford to wait till maybe the fourth round to do that. Go ahead, Kurt.
2: Yeah. No, I, I was just gonna say, I mean, would you I I don't know if you'd be surprised. I don't think I would, but do you expect maybe the Steelers to take a flyer on some quarterback, maybe in round four or five, you know, middle round? Because, like you said, this is probably Ben's last year. Are they gonna go into next offseason with with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins battling for quarterback and maybe try for a free agent in the offseason. I I would just I would be surprised if we don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers come out of this draft at least with some new young blood quarterback in there in the quarterback room.
4: See the thing is I think maybe, I think Haskins is that young blood quarterback. Okay. That's what I got. Cuz mm-hmm. like Tomlin gave me that and this is purely before today I would probably say maybe. Now I'm thinking no because the way Tomlin Talked about Haskins. He's like he was a first round pick two years ago. We're excited to develop him, and I'm like, well, that's mm-hmm. that's the developmental quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's what they brought in Haskins for. It was to fill pre- essentially the developmental draft need of the quarterback division. And the only guy I can really see them taking in that round two three area is Kellen Mond. I I think he's the one guy I can't see them taking Trask. He's pretty much Mason Rudolph, um, <laughs> and then Davis Mills might not even make it to fifty five by what we're hearing at this point. Like so I mean it's gonna be Mon, but I, I think it's less likely. I think they'll punt till next year. Sign either a bridge quarterback or trade up. That's the feeling I
1: get. Well, the good news for us, Nick, is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler in 2022. And I'm going to, manifest, right. it. I'm, I'm going to manifest it until, until the it happens. <laughs> but But uh, let's talk about other teams in the division, because Cleveland has gotten a lot stronger this offseason on the defensive side of the ball, which is the last thing that Steelers fans wanted to hear. In terms of teams in the division that worry me, Cleveland's by far at the top. And Baltimore, Baltimore doesn't worry me, Nick. Am I weird for saying that?
4: I mean they worry me because they're Baltimore and they do everything really well at a high level and they draft pretty well too. Mm. So they definitely worry me. But that, yeah, they don't if they sign Alejandroville in the I'm all here for it. Um and they also <laughs> don't really have they don't have edge rushers right now.
1: That now helps was my jude on.
4: Yeah. They don't really have a good receiver outside of Hollywood. Like I mean, Sammy Watkins really.
1: <laughs> I forgot that coming, they signed Sammy Watkins.
4: Oh, coming, my goodness!
2: Coming from a Bills guy, do not be worried about Sammy Watkins. But I, you know, now that they do, they do have two first-round picks. Uh, do not forget about that. But I think I saw today something that said that they are absolutely targeting a wide receiver in that first round. Whether that be you know the the thirty-first pick that they got from from Kansas City or the twenty-seventh pick that they held originally. They can get two nice players there in the first round, and they still have Lamar Jackson. Uh, Nick, I don't know how you feel about Lamar, but we all know how Jarrett feels. And, you know, he can he can win games for you if you get the right help around him. They're still going to have a great run game if they can get get a few nice pieces on the offensive line. But still, to me, I, I, think, I think Cleveland's the biggest threat for that division. Um, I, I think they're a more complete team than Baltimore. Baltimore lost a lot of pieces on defense. They'll still have a good defense. But that defensive line is getting a little old. So, you know, still got it still got the whole draft to go here. But uh yeah, I think for me, for me, I think Cleveland is probably the biggest threat to Pittsburgh for that division.
4: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think Cleveland right now, you kinda look at what their needs are. Receiver, because if Odell gets hurt again, or mm-hmm. I'm not a Jarvis Landry fan. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, I, I thought that their receivers didn't play very well down the stretch last year, and I thought that's – if they had if they had an alpha receiver, I think if they had Odell, they might have beaten the Chiefs. Like, I believe that they could have beaten the Chiefs. Um, they need another receiver. The corner room, I will say the corner room for them is very scary, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Denzel Ward is very good, but he's injured a lot. Greedy Williams is coming off of a pretty bad shoulder injury, and we don't know what his prognosis is. And behind him, there's not a ton. Uh, to, to really know and the safety room isn't all that strong either del pits coming back, but they have question marks all across the secondary. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a falling point for Cleveland. It's the secondary. Um, so that, Line, that linebacker
2: be, room is pretty weak as well.
4: Yeah, but they find a way to use their linebacker room. They don't really care yeah. about their linebackers, quite honest. <laughs> like they've shown that and their scheme minimizes it. Um, they just have really good they they try to have really good secondary and they try to have yeah. a really good pass rush um, to help it out. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weak point too. So there is a world where probably that defense sucks and it's just a really good pass rush. Like kind of how the Steelers were from like 2015 to 2018, as we mentioned, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really good pass rush, but bad, everything else. Yeah. Cool. And could be that, um, potentially, but like, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely Mm -hmm. the the biggest threat. And obviously depends also the one other worry. Does Baker continue his upward progression or does he Mm -hmm. rebound backwards? Mm -hmm. If he rebounds backwards, we could be talking about a team that's good but mediocre and you can take advantage of the quarterback.
1: Well, we will see what happens come Thursday night, Nick Farabot. buddy. Appreciate you coming on. You can check out Nick. Pittsburgh Sports Now, On Network, ACC Network, bunch of places that you can get his content. Appreciate your time, brother, and we will talk more about the Steelers, I'm sure, on Twitter and throughout uh, the season. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. All right, so now
2: – You got your Steelers kick. I did. Are you, are you good now? Are you okay?
1: Yeah, and now we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go right from from one thing to the other because my boy Javi Vega is waiting, and I'm sure he's got a lot of things to say about okay. everything that's gone on, not just today for the past month and a half. Because Javi, my guy, is I'm just gonna bring him in right now. Javi, <laughs> you know what, man? I've got a lot on my mind right now, and a lot of things to say, and I'm sure you do too, as a 49er fan. But uh, yeah, mo- mother of God, <laughs> what is happening in Santa Clara? Uh,
5: I think a lot of posturing, a lot of. Can I curse on your show?
1: Uh, sure, why not? You sure. know, I think, yeah. I, think there's,
5: I think there's a lot of like big, like big fuck you type energy from the 49ers <laughs> to right. the media. Um, like yeah, you think it's Mac? Eh, you think it's Lance? We're gonna pivot and do something else. This mm. reminds me a lot of Kyle Shanahan. That I don't know if anyone remembers the the uh, car the, the game against Carolina where they absolutely destroyed them. Uh, the Debo Samuel rushing touchdown where he kind of. One motion one way the other motion is the other yeah. way, and then hmm. the ball's handed off to D bone for his touchdown. And that's kind of how I view it. We're gonna give you the Mac Jones stuff up, oh, and then we're gonna give you the Trey Lance stuff this way. And then oh, here we go. Here's Justin Fields right there for pick three. Um press conference today was a whole bunch of nothing. You know, Kyle's not gonna give you anything, but I think Kyle's kind of irritated with the this notion that his stereotype is Kirk Cousins and and Mac Jones. And I, I think a lot of media types have kind of they're they're I guess I'm guilty of it too because I I kind of parse through his words and I I look for certain stuff. But when you when you end your press conference with like um, I'm looking for Drew Brees that runs like Lamar Jackson, and I think anyone <laughs> with anyone with a brain would say that's kind of that's Justin Fields, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So you know, it's to me, I think there's a lot of posturing here. I think there's a lot of uh, smoke. I think there's a lot of ways to potentially try to mess up other other teams' draft plans here. Right. The Niners, you know, Jared Jared and I were at the Senior Bowl. We watched Mac Jones. That is not a top 15 pick. No. Not one bit is that a top 15 pick. And the only reason he was, the only time he was mocked to the Niners was when they were picking at 12. So all of a sudden he's the third best player or the third quarterback in this draft? Mm -hmm. No. Daniel Jeremiah last night during their uh, live mock draft on NFL Network, he said picking Mac Jones at nine was too high, yet... He's mocked in your draft at three. Which is it? What are we doing yep. here? Um, so I like to dig through all that stuff to try to fi- make it all make sense, right? And it yeah. it doesn't make sense. Lance Fields, neither one. I mean, Lance or Mac, neither one makes sense. I can understand Lance, but Mac makes zero sense. You you don't go from Jimmy Garoppolo to Diet Coke. Jimmy Garoppolo, does <laughs> not work.
2: That's that's exactly how Jared and I started the show here. We were talking, you know. What does Mac Jones have that, that Justin Fields or Trey Lance doesn't have? And I, just going from, from Jimmy Garoppolo to, to Mac Jones makes no sense to me. It, it really does not. And I can't – and that's why you need to, you know, the all these weeks leading up to the draft here, any rumor that comes out, don't fully believe it because teams and reporters are just looking for th- something to talk about. They throw out information and see how fast it can spread. That's what I told Jared before, you know, kind of when we started the show. It, it just doesn't make sense that that a team like San Francisco or Kyle Shanahan would just release the information and say, you know what, it's Trey Lance, it's Mac Jones, it's it's that, you know, it's easy, and run with that. It, it, I don't think so, and that's why I think that Justin Fields is still definitely in play. Mm-hmm. I think he should. I think he still should be the pick. Uh, I I do love Trey Lance. I think he's maybe, you know, I'm not saying he's the best, but I think he's my favorite quarterback prospect in this class but justin fields would just fit in so nice with that offense that ah oh, makes too much sense to me and yes. the other
1: thing before i let you go javi uh it just feels like you know that family guy meme with a mystery box where like you know like you can have justin fields or you can have you know mac jones well, well hold mm. on a second lowish jimmy garoppolo is anything but mac jones could be any it could be even be jimmy garoppolo <laughs> like, like exactly like that yeah where, exactly you know, it, it just makes absolutely no sense where how many times we're we gonna say it makes no sense? Let's start taking shots. Every time <laughs> so, say
5: that. I'm. I think the biggest thing. Um, let me find it because I have. I was speaking to someone today about it. It's mm-hmm. um, you know, you you don't trade up. I don't know, how do you word it? It was. It was. It was perfectly worded. Let me find it real quick. Um, they traded the up, journalism. Yeah, they traded up to three because they didn't want Mac, not because they 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 do want him. Um, you know, for me, it's a lot of this. Kyle Shanahan's familiar. Kyle Shanahan is a, a coach of familiarity, so he likes guys that he's familiar with. He knows Justin Fields from the QB Collective days. He's familiar with him through John Beck, so he has that familiarity factor with Justin Fields. Um, you know, we all know Dre Lance has accuracy issues. Fields not so much. We all know Mac is very really limited as far as a mo- as his mobility. Yes, he's cool inside the pocket, but the minute that stuff breaks down, I don't expect mm-hmm. him to escape. Aaron Donald in, in the NFC West. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, those things to me at 12 Mac would have been fine. Like I would have been like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, but at three, it just doesn't make any sense. And the Niners have found success by drafting players with traits, um, with a lot of traits. And those players have been successful for them when they go with guys who are, you know, just high floor guys, like a McGlinchey, like a Solomon Thomas, it doesn't work out for them. You know, Dante Mm -hmm. Pettis, when they go with guys who have, Real high quality traits: Debo, Ayuk, Kinlaw, Bosa, Fred Warner, Tavarius Moore, Akella Witherspoon. I mean, we all know Akella didn't really work out, but when he was when he was on, he was really good. So uh-huh. I, I just think when the Niners go with guys with traits, they they find themselves having a lot better time as far as getting the results out of these players. So for me, Mac makes zero sense. You know, I know I know there's reports out there. It's Mac or Lance, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with. You know, I, I think people just want to believe the group think like, oh, well,
1: Schefter mm-hmm. said it. Well, Schefter hasn't said anything. Any, anyone notice that Schefter has been really quiet. Through yeah. All this. Yeah. Schefter has been like re-reporting what comes out. Like Schefter yeah. hasn't really reported anything on his own about this, which I yeah. think mm-hmm. does say a lot.
5: Right. And then a lot of the same, a lot of the reports, if you just listen to it or read it, it's all the same. Justin Fields can't read a defense. Trey Lance is really smart. Uh, Elite processor from Mac Jones. Do we have anything yeah. else to talk about here? Like right? I, you're Apparently getting this to me. To me, it sounds like the Niners are feeding these guys information. Like, Hey, look, this is, we have a little internal, you know, fisticuffs here with John and, and where one likes Mac and one likes Trey. And then we're all just kind of not looking over here at what's going on <laughs> with Justin Fields. While he, you know, for all we know, he could be be bu- for all we know. He could be buying a house in California right now, <laughs> getting ready for, mm-hmm. or he could be in Tennessee with, with George Kittle and all the other guys training. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where here's this smoke? But Justin Fields is over here. Like it just doesn't make right. sense to me for that. And I think part of it is to, you know, people are like, why do you have a smoke screen? So this goes back to ruining other other teams' plans. You go, yep. the Niners traded up just from twelve to three, and literally a week later, Sam Donald is traded to the Carolina Panthers. I don't mm-hmm. buy for a second that the Carolina Panthers were in love with Mac Jones because of the Senior Bowl. <laughs> In the senior bowl game he had three decent practices didn't do anything that was super spectacular um so that that doesn't that didn't make sense to me and then you hear today uh new england would try to get in front of uh to get to seven or get to eight to take justin fields like where where is mac jones falling that you yeah. couldn't have gotten him at 12 yeah because mac jones needs the niners more than the niners need mac jones <laughs> Like th- these things just doesn't this doesn't make any sense, and I, I really think I really think the Niners are trolling. I, I I hate the word trolling, but I think they're really messing with the media types. Like, you guys always want to be first, never want to be right. You know <clears> who's got <throat> it? Who's got the scoop? Dah, 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 dah. Um, you know, and it, it just to me it, it all just feels really fishy. And You know, I put a hundred, I put it out there on Twitter. I put a hundred bucks on Fields plus six fifty. I don't care. Okay,
2: okay, I like it. I like it. I like the I like the confidence, but I it to me the thing that, that you know we keep saying it makes it makes no sense but it, to me that doesn't make sense how can Kyle Shanahan and the entire 49ers front office play Russell Wilson twice a year play Kyler Murray twice a year and now you know the the Rams have uh, Matt Stafford coming in but how can they play those two guys twice a year and say we want Mac Jones <laughs> we don't want a guy we don't want. I'm not saying that Justin Fields is like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, but they're similar players. You know, they can run the ball. They got the big arm. How can they look at that and say, I want Mac Jones. He will sit in the pocket and he won't run. You win games with a quarterback. That's mobile. You win games with a quarterback that, that can do things when the play breaks down. I'm just saying it, even if it is Trey Lance, it still gives you a better chance than I think Mac Jones would.
5: Absolutely. Um, and you know, to go real quick with the Stafford thing, um, Sean McVay and Kyle Shannon are constantly compared to each other. Like we mm-hmm. just watched Sean McVay punt. What, you know, the most winning, like one of the top winning quarterbacks in the last four years, yeah. he sent his ass to Siberia, you know, <laughs> to go get Matthew Stafford in, ex- yeah. you know, in exchange and Stafford isn't, he's not, he's not, he's not Russell Wilson, but he's not a stat. You know what I mean? Like he's a little mm-hmm. bit more mobile in the pocket. He can make some better decisions. You mean to tell me that if Sean McVay was making this pick, would he take Mac Jones?
1: Absolutely no. not. So no. there's your answer. No, no, no. no. Would, so no, there's exactly. no, in no, in
5: no world is Mac Jones a pick here, regardless of the Matt Ryans. And people are like, well, Kyle Shanahan has a type. Okay, what is his type? He's inherited all of his quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Except for exactly. the four in San Francisco. And he, you know, he took, he brought in Brian Hoyer. We understand, we understand why he brought in Brian Hoyer. He wanted to teach the offense to, Whatever you know, you're you're you took over the worst roster in football. You're trying to teach the rest of the guys what you're wanting to do with this offense. That's why you have a Pierre Garcon, that's why you have a Kyle Uchek, you had Logan Paulson. Those guys are familiar with Kyle again, back to familiarity. Um, then you draft CJ Beathard for the folks out there, like, oh, well, he drafted CJ. CJ Beathard was a third round pick, mm-hmm. shouldn't have been drafted that high, but he also was not picked to be the guy, right? Yep, exactly, like we all know Kyle had an affinity for Kirk Cousins, and I still think Kirk Cousins would have been fine in this offense probably don't want games cool you we're talking about kyle shannon completely differently um and then the jimmy garoppolo thing jimmy Garoppolo's is probably more before the acl was more mobile than kirk was so we know kyle's gonna want somebody down a little bit and extend the plays mm-hmm. people kind of forget in the super bowl in the first quarter you know the play breaks down and kyle's in on the sideline in jimmy's face like yo <laughs> run go <laughs> if you go back and watch the tv copy he's in his yeah. face like yo if it's yeah. there go just take off and go Um, so you can't tell me that Kyle doesn't want a guy who move. He also wants a guy who's going to be able to bail him out too. Like Kyle has to be nearly perfect as a play caller with all his quarterbacks. Let him get a guy who can bail him out a few times. Like yeah, if you have 72 offensive plays, you know, there might be 15, 16 of those that aren't going to work, but maybe your quarterback can extend them. And you know, those 15 or 16 that don't work, maybe you cut that down to, 10 plays that don't work those other five can be the difference in a ball game. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think about when I'm looking at the eval of all these guys. And, you know, you know, Jared knows my, my, my number, my QB one is, is Zach Wilson, right? QB two was Trevor Lawrence QB three for me was Justin Fields. So that's just kind of how I rank them. And I think that's how Kyle has them, but I think it would probably be Lawrence Wilson and fields. And when Kyle talked about, they need to get comfortable with five guys, they were, they were comfortable with three, they had to learn about the other two. That's why I think you see, you hear about the Trey Lance and John Beck connection where Trey Lance was asked by the 49ers to go see John Beck about a month ago. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of like, okay, I need to learn more about this guy. Hey, John, can you work with him? Mac Jones did going to go see Beck. Yeah. Like, what are we doing?
1: Here's the thing that irritates me about people saying that certain guys have a type. Well, I have a type too. I like brunettes and redheads, but if I see a really good looking blonde, I'm going to, I'm going to recognize that. You know what I mean? so mm-hmm. that's the one thing that always irritates me where you know if there's a player that is very clearly a difference maker even if it's going against what you usually like but if it's that obvious man you i just don't get it man i really don't
2: I don't. Um, i don't
1: either i brought this up earlier and i tweeted it out last night saying what if you know i think that the general consensus is that wilson's gonna go too but what if you know san francisco knows something that we don't and maybe the Jets really like Justin Fields. And we're all just being fooled. Remember Joe Douglas a few weeks ago getting pretty satirical saying, well, everybody apparently knows what we're doing. So, you know, why don't we even <laughs> talk about it? What if what, what if the Jets and 49ers are just giving us the subliminal middle finger and waiting for the sc- for the screen to raise for us all to see it?
0: <laughs>
5: I mean, I wouldn't put it past them.
2: Seems maybe. like a very Jets thing that could happen. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
5: but it, I, I really to me. With the Jets thing, I I really think that Zach Wilson thing is done. Like, I I think that's pretty much locked in, set in stone. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of tipped their hand. I mean, at that point, what are you really tipping? You know, the draft would have started at two, anyways, because we all know Trevor was going one. It didn't even matter. Unless Trevor, you know, unless Trevor did something really, really stupid, you know, he wasn't, he was never, he was going to go one, but he's going one. And then Trevor Lawrence, I mean, Zach Wilson, from what I understand, you know, He he was buying cars in New York, or you know, doing (laughs) a whole bunch of stuff on his Instagram. You know what I mean? So whatever that you know, take that for whatever that means. But you know, the draft starts at three, and I think there's another portion of it with Albert Breer brought it up. Like the NFL doesn't want these teams to kind of get this, let this stuff out. So the NFL is kind of reestablishing itself with fans. You're getting fans Mm -hmm. in Cleveland. You're gonna get fans back in the stadium. You want the excitement there for that third pick, and people are like, "Oh, what's going on?" um bucky brooks said it best he was like the niners are like the sun and everyone's just orbiting around them right now trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out what they're gonna do and who they are um so they, they've gone they've gained a lot of attention the niners are a massive they're a massive team you know five-time super bowl champions you know they're they're, they're a big big west coast brand and they want the viewership and i, I think that plays a part in all this too them keeping things hush hush and the niners not things and part of me believes I hate to even say it like that, but I think, I think Ian and, and Schefter, I think they all know who the pick is. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, they're just doing all this shit for engagement. I, you know, you look at their mentions they're in shambles,
3: look yeah. at the ESPN
5: yeah. channel. It's just like, you guys are full of shit. It's like, what, you know,
2: Adam Schefter could could tweet out the, the eye emojis and, and there would be a hundred different rumors to come out of it. And mm-hmm. I, the, it's, exactly. it's amazing. It's phenomenal. But Javi, I want to ask you, you know, we've 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 talked about the quarterbacks. We know it's a big question mark.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Talk about some other position groups that the 49ers need to focus on because you know, obviously all the injuries that they had last year, they had the injury buck bad. They're getting all those guys back. What's some some other positions that they're going to focus on besides quarterback going into uh, this draft?
5: Um, I mean, in my opinion, I I think I think they have to address the other edge. Uh, you know, D4. We don't know what the we don't know what his long term is. Um, I know they they signed Samson Ekubom of the Rams, but to me he's more of a you know third down situational pass rusher. You know he may play in the you know as a Sam linebacker most of the time. Um, obviously corner because you only have Verret on a one year deal. You got K1 on a one year deal. Uh, Mosley's on a three year deal. So you're going to want to address the, the the cornerback spot. Um, running back. Is another one that's on the list. People are like, "Oh, why would you put a running back?" Niners only, all the running backs are on one-year deals, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're gonna have to restock that room, and then wide receiver. But you know, in order of importance, I'd probably go corner, edge, um, running back, and wide receiver, like in that order throughout the draft. So they have to do it. You know, I would love for them to go get like a. Tyson Campbell, if he's there, 43. But I've heard some rumblings that the Niners want to get back in the first round. You know, Najee Harris is is a guy who wants – he wants to be a Niner. You know, you ever look at his Instagram page? He's, he's wearing, wearing Niner a face Niner's mask. mask. Yep. Uh, he talked about it on the Adam Schefter podcast. Like, yep. hey, I want to stay home him. in the Bay. Um, so there's some rumblings there. Maybe maybe the Niners get back into the twenties and, and get them, you know, maybe they make a trade with the Steelers for Jimmy Garoppolo or something. And Jimmy's how, about, how about
1: that doesn't happen? Javi? How, I, I how mean,
5: I just, <laughs> I w- you can feel my pain for a little while, um, yeah. but no, I, I think, I, I think the Niners would be really interested in running back early. I, and as, uh, as unpopular as that might be, I think there's a good chance. They might take a running back early, but corner for sure. And edge rusher. Definitely.
1: Well, I'm excited for Thursday. I'm sure you are too.
5: I'm ready for it to be over. Me too. <laughs> I, bet, I, I, was, bet.
1: I think we're all just kind of at that point where we we're, we're ready to get to the finish line. It's mm-hmm. almost there, Javi, my friend. I always love talking to you, buddy. Yes, love sir. Likewise. You all right, buddy. We'll talk take soon, care. Okay. Yep. Peace.
2: Thanks, Javi. Yep. Oh, yes, I I think we're all in the same boat. We just want answers. We just want to. We love the draft. After after the third pick, we can all just. Breathe easy, breathe, breathe easy, 49ers fans. You got your quarterback. Whether you're happy about it or not, we will know it will be set in stone. We are only days away, and I cannot wait.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, some of the 49ers fans probably won't be breathing easy, especially if it's Mac Jones as the pick. They're going to be hyperventilating actually. Do you so, think
2: Do you think there's any 49ers fans that are just pounding the table for Mac Jones? I, I've seen a few that like him.
1: I've seen really? a few that, yeah, I mean, I've become an honorary member of 49ers Twitter in the past <laughs> few months. So, I mean, I'm well associated with what um, a lot of them think. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the vast majority of them don't want it, but there have yep. been a few that um, aren't opposed to it. So,
2: Okay. Well, but we,
1: if it does happen, there's going to be an uproar. Yes, for, and it's big time. Be, and I'm just going to be able to sit back and just kind of, <laughs> you know, sip my the, the Kermit meme where I'm just kind of sipping my tea, watching uh, yeah. everybody.
2: So, so will I, because you know what? The Buffalo Bills have Josh Allen as their quarterback, okay. and I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier to be. To be, to be to... Uh-oh.
1: Kurt, I think I lost your sound, buddy. Can't oh talk again. Can you hear me? did uh, yep, yeah, I can hear
2: you. Yeah. Uh wait, let me just make sure. All right. I think I'm back. Sorry, I think I think I bumped my cord a little bit. But uh today yes, is sir. the anniversary of Josh Allen being drafted by the Buffalo Bills, and I just want to go on record saying that I wanted Josh Rosen because everybody says, Oh, I'm a Josh Allen believer from the beginning. You're probably a liar. Everybody I'm wanted so Josh Rosen over Josh <laughs> Allen. But it's okay. It's okay to be wrong, especially in this circumstance. But uh, before we head out, it's been a wonderful show, a packed show with some great guests. Um, there's one more rumor that, that came up today with my Buffalo Bills, and I need to address it because okay. uh, I, I, I don't know. It was uh, it was Todd McShay who was talking on a podcast. I, eh, forgive me, I don't know the name, but it was Todd McShay that brought it up, saying that he believes that the Buffalo Bills are definitely – definitely in love with Travis Etienne. I saw that. They're, and they're possibly – they're they're willing to trade up to get ahead of a team like the Jets and a team like the Steelers who would mo- most likely snag him. The Bills are sitting at 30. I find it extremely, extremely hard to believe that the Bills would trade up that far. I, I really don't think it would happen. Um, I don't think that's
1: too far of a reach, to be honest with you, because you got a team like – you got a team like Tennessee right there that I think would be more than willing to trade down. I feel like that could be, Oh God, I hope it doesn't happen now. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. it could, Kurt. I think it could.
2: No, because with Brandon beans, philosophies with Brandon beans throughout his entire tenure with the Buffalo bills, his mindset has been, you know, I want to draft some, I want to draft my guys and I want to re-sign my guys and build from within. They're going to have to give up, you know, pretty pretty penny to move up it's not that many spots but it's the first round and you know they they don't have a fourth round pick they do have an extra fifth round pick it doesn't seem like a buffalo bills thing to do to trade up to go get a running back if they trade up and maybe get an edge or maybe get a cornerback i could see that but you know they, they they drafted a running back the past two seasons they they wanted to trade up for zach moss last year in the third round but they didn't and it just seems like a stretch to me maybe it's just because i don't want it to happen but if travis etienne is there at 30 and they do decide to go with him at 30 i'm not going to be upset because it's another weapon for josh allen it's an possible elite talent in the run game which they so desperately need i just I, i just don't love the idea of running back in the first round when there's other needs on the team like cornerback like defensive end so I don't know. I'll, I'll let you uh kind of give you your little spiel because I think you think that the Bills are doing this now, now that I just brought this up.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think he's going to be there at 30, so they'd have to trade up to get him. But yeah. you mentioned the two of the running backs they've taken. How's that turned out? They're not exactly the greatest.
2: Hey, build the offensive line. That's, I, w- I am in, f- in full, full favor of the Bills just decking out, making the best offensive line in the league. And you will see those two running backs flourish <laughs> because – the, the offensive line that they have right now and Deion Dawkins, excuse me, John Feliciano, Mitch Morse, Cody Ford, and Daryl Williams, they have never played together. John Feliciano was out to start the year. He came back. Cody Ford went out. Those five have never played together. They have had guys moving pieces in and out of the line. I'm not a big believer in Devin Singletary. I really, you know, even when they drafted him, I wasn't in love with him as the uh, running back one. I just don't love the idea of trading up to get a running back. I, I really don't, unless unless this front office has full, full love and and confidence in a guy, I just, I would be a little little hurt just a little bit, but a little excited at the same time.
1: My thing with that is that look what it's done for the Chiefs offense getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire and what he's meant to that team. I feel like that could be a very similar situation where you get Travis Etienne, And you don't have to rely so much on josh allen all the time you can have a reliable running back i feel like etn's far better than both singletary and moss which would change the dynamic of that offense i think that that would be if not the best move among the best moves where you know if they stay at 30 and a really good corner is available let's say that caleb farley falls to 30 then yeah you take caleb farley that's fine and you know if there's still one of the better running backs whether it be like michael carter available in the second round for him i don't know if he will be But I think running backs should be near the forefront of their needs because it could help that offense out a lot. And we've seen what it's done for a team like Kansas City, whom Buffalo is their biggest competitor, and they need to find a way to get over that hump.
2: Okay. But counterpoint to that. They won the Super Bowl. They then draft a running back. Their offensive line gets absolutely demolished in the Super Bowl. Offensive line none of
1: their offensive line were starting. That's that's very different. Very different. I am just
2: saying, I am just saying if the Buffalo Bills want to fix this run game, you need to fix, you need to fix the offensive line. (laughs) Drafting Travis Etienne, drafting Najee Harris is like buying a sports car. When you have no money, they need an offensive line. They really, they, they need guards. They, you know, I think they could upgrade the tackle position, but I don't think they will, but you can upgrade the left guard and right guard. John Feliciano's contract is made so that he doesn't have to start. You brought him back for three years, but he doesn't necessarily have to start under those numbers. Cody Ford's kind of a big question mark. He came in, they drafted him, they started him at right tackle. Didn't really work out. They kicked him inside. Started working out a little bit, then he got hurt. So there's question marks. And I just think that they might ride out this this running back duo and now trio with Matt Burrito, one of the fastest running backs in the league, I think they might run out this ride out this running back room for one year. If it doesn't work, then next year maybe they look to, towards running back in the first round.
1: Well, as long as that keeps Travis Etienne out of Buffalo and he's a Steeler, <laughs> that's all I care about. Okay. So all right. I don't know, mate. This has been it's been a long ride. We're almost there. This is our final show before the draft. And um uh oh, it just feels good to be almost at the finish line because God yes. knows. I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> tired
2: of <laughs> saying the done. same names, tired of doing the same mocks, tired of watching the same film. Soon we will have answers, and soon we can break down those answers. And, and then we're on to the season and training camp, and we are about to be in full swing, and I cannot wait.
1: I'm excited, too. So thanks for you know always tuning in for this draft stuff. Obviously, every place talks about it. We're glad that a lot of you listen to us talk about it. It means a lot. Yes. So, Kurt, where can they find you on Twitter?
2: You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Keep up with all this Bill stuff going on, all these rumors, and keep up with me if the Bills end up trading draft picks up ahead of the Jets or the Steelers for Travis Etienne because it will be fun. But I did bring back my my positivity tweets because everybody loves it. I love it. I love to spread some positivity with my Bills, and it seems like everybody's loving it. So follow along on there, and Jarrett, Wicker, when they find you? you
1: if you're watching this you already found me at J Bailey NFL. I'm trying to kind of do something. I'm I'm kind of stealing your idea, but I hope you know I gave you credit for it. That's
2: okay. Um, I I hey, we're we're a team. We work together. We yeah, work off so, of each other.
1: So, a lot of stuff for me the past week I've done. Steelers mock draft, Washington Football Team mock draft, I did a Jaguars mock draft, I did a Lions mock draft, I did a Jets mock draft. I'm going to do uh Bengals mock draft before Thursday and a Buffalo Bills mock draft before Thursday. Oh. So Okay. So we will, you know, you'll see how that turns out here in the coming days. And then thank God we can be done with mock drafts for a year. (laughs) I cannot wait. So again, appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in as always. Appreciate Chrissy Ford, Uh, Chrissy Freud. I messed up her name. Nick Farabaugh, Javi Vega. I'm so tired. Um, I will see you guys next week after the draft with a lot to discuss because uh, we'll see what happens, especially at number three. So, Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Till then, take care. and uh, We will see
2: you soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.